This episode of the TCIA podcast is brought to you by Kopma Cranes, the most competitive knuckle boom crane for the tree care industry. Unleash your full potential with Kopma for tree care. Kopma Cranes are built for heavy duty applications with the best hydraulic technology to maximize your reach and lifting capacity like never before. Kotma's tech team, together with the unique know-how of tree care professionals, has developed the ultimate top-range cranes models for grapple saw applications. Extra functions to the tip with no diverter valves are making it ready for the grapple saw. Kotma represents the edge of mechatronic innovation thanks to superior oil flow with 5 8 inch hoses directly to the grapple. A true 100% stability at 360 degrees angle with the possibility of Kotma Remote Connectivity 4.0, a unique GPRS communication for diagnosis and remote adjustment of parameters in real time. Kotma cranes have been built since the 60s with the highest grades of steel resistance and the most reliable and advanced Italian design and engineering made to outperform an intensive use in the field. Visit cpsgroup.com for more information or contact your local Kotma dealer. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Samson Rope. Your rigging ropes aren't just tools of the trade. They do the grunt work. They have to endure dynamic loads, abrasion, and moving through hardware while keeping you safe which is why Samson Rigging Ropes are specifically designed and engineered to meet the rigors of your job, the result of a legacy of over 140 years of innovation. Stable Braid Rigging Line is the industry standard for arborists. A durable polyester double braid rope with a high strength to weight ratio, torque-free construction with UV protection. Put Stable Braid to work for you. Stable Braid from Samson, the strongest name in rope. Visit samsonrope.com for more information. I'm Don Starrick. I'm the editor of Tree Care Industry Magazine. I have been for coming on 18 years. What else do you want to know? <laughs> no, that works. Um, so how did you get started at TCIA? Uh, I was hired by Mark Garvin as the uh, per, as a managing editor for the magazine when he was getting uh, he was getting too busy on his jobs the, uh, at the time and uh, hired someone to manage the magazine for him. And that's how I came in. And Rich, Rich May and I got hired actually the same day. The same day. The were same you, day. We, we're still working together. Were you two some of the the famous pre-expo hires, or did you have more time to prepare? We were actually post-expo hires. We were hired December 8th. Uh, so it was, a, it was after expo, which had made the magazine probably two months late. But very late. It was very so I, know, I think we're still working. We were hired the 8th, and we helped put together the December issue on December in, in mid-December. We were still working on the December issue. So that's how Expo had set them back. And that's why they needed a new team. <laughs> yeah. So you made it almost a full year until your first actual Expo. Do you remember where it was and what it was like for you? I hate to tell you, but my first Expo was probably one of my best. It was Detroit and, uh, uh, we the best part about it. I was kind of it was all a bit of a blur expo itself, but it had a day of service attached to it at the end. So after expo was over on Saturday, we all uh, I think we we did some work for it, but basically chilled out and had everybody come back. I think 150 people with their equipment, local contractors, uh, members, 
with their equipment, um, converged on Belle Isle, which was a park in the city of Detroit Park on an island, and uh, did a day of service doing tree work. So that was a great introduction for me to the industry and uh, some of the, some, you know, all the big players at the time, you know, all the board of directors and everybody, of course, was there. So, uh, yeah, that was a great day. I, and I thought, wow, let's do this every year. And my understanding is that it's just very, it's very involved and involves a lot of work. And uh, so we haven't done it again since. <laughs> you just answered both of my questions in one go. So you're really cranking through. But um, what is it like running the, the TCI Magazine booth at Expo? Yeah, yeah, the booth is it's good and bad. I and mean, we've had different booths. Sometimes we've had a booth all to ourselves, and sometimes it's been shared with other TCI staff. Um, the the most popular was the first couple of years when we did the uh, picture on the cover. You, uh, attendees could come by and get their photos taken and put on a background and uh, mocked up cover of the magazine and take it home with a nice big glossy printout. We may be doing that again this year. I'm not sure, but that's always been, that's been a fun thing. And, and especially when we started using props from vendors booths, like uh, the chainsaw manufacturers would lend us saws to use as props and other props. And pe then people started bringing their own product by to be uh, taken with that and mocked up on a cover. So that, that's fun to do, but, but it's a great opportunity for me Expo itself is a great, the, both the booth is a great opportunity for people to come by and talk to people, I, even writers who have written for me, and I've never, I had not, never met in person, uh, and they come by and, and chat at the booth. Um, I also have brought freelance writers of ours to Expo, so they could see the industry all in one place and get a great education for, for what they're writing about, um, when these people have mostly been uh, the contract writers, but they're not they're learning, but have not been exposed to the industry before. And actually, there's nowhere better to get totally immersed than at Expo. So, yeah. And I guess a question on the writers and all that kind of stuff as it pertains to Expo, we have quite a few writers who are industry experts and stuff like that. So, how did we go about choosing those ones? And how do they relate to our expo speakers who are also sometimes uh, writers for our magazine? Uh, it's all over the place. That's a tough question to answer. Our, our writers, uh, often our, our best speakers turn into writers or vice versa, uh, but usually they're just uh, experts in their field, like John Ball, for instance, and uh, Mike Raup, who enjoy uh, educating people and, and uh, have just a great wealth of knowledge and they speak about it and they're more than happy to write for us and write about it for, to educate our, our readership. Uh, uh, there are, there are do dozens of others probably I should, I should mention, but, um, and then there are employees, people who haven't written before and they, but they want to get some message out there and I encourage them to write. Uh, it's my job and our staff's job to make them look good and, to, to jazz up the writing and such, but they're the ones that have the knowledge and the experience and the content that we're looking for. So I just say, if, you, if, they, if they can tell us the story, we can make it sound, we, we can make it look pretty. <laughs> but uh, anybody out there who has a story to tell should not be worried about whether they're a, a professional writer or have any experience writing at all. They're, they, they're just gonna be able to tell a story and uh, we can help them put that in print or audio or whatever else we choose to do with it. But uh, and the, the, the problem when we do something at our booth 
at Expo is that we, we, when we're tied to it is we don't get to spend as much time on the floor. Expo is a, a lot of work for the staff and there are so many tasks to do that you want to help out. But the best time is when you get free time to walk the floor, especially for me to talk to our vendors and you know, people who advertise and support the magazine and we communicate and work with all year. And this is our chance to see them and meet them and uh, see what's new happening with their booth and their business. So, and it's great just listening, overhearing conversations on the floor about what people are interested in. Give me, uh, it gives me ideas to go back and pursue. Or, or sometimes I'll just grab them and get their name and number right there on the floor and say, I'm gonna call you about that, so. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask because uh, a lot of the magazine work that you do is done behind the scenes. Um, you know, nine out of 10 things you do is not super public facing, but instead it's something that you have to work and gather together. So I'm trying to think of how best to phrase this, but you not only, you know, write some of the articles, set the magazine up for success, but you guys also come up with the actual long-term plan on a yearly basis to figure out what each issue is going to be. How does that work? And when you're choosing writers and even people from Expo, are you thinking like Expo's in November? So this person, I'd like them to write for me for December of this year, or is it like December of the next year? In in a best world, it would be next year, but more often it's next month. (laughs) Um, we have an editorial calendar we follow. Uh, that's a, done on an annual basis. We get together and pull together ideas, both with the uh, other staff at the advertising side and such, to make sure we're representing all the, the various businesses, equipment, and services that are out there in the industry that people have interest in, and also the science side, obviously, the, you know, the Mike Raups and, and the safety side with John Ball and such like that. So we just so we map out a course of what we'd like to have a focus on in each issue. And we try to make sure that during the year, all the different kinds of equipment services are represented. And then we go back and backfill that with, okay, well, what should the angle be on chippers? And, you know, we write, if we write about chippers once or twice a year, every year, it's hard to come up with a new, uh, a new angle uh, for the article. So that's, that's a big part of it is just trying to come up with, a current or new spin on things. SRT has been a big one for the last several years because it was a whole new take on climbing. So it gave us a new focus. Anything like that, when there's a new trend in the industry, that's what we're looking for. And then of course, there are people that that are jump right on that and they're good, they're experts in it or they educate themselves in it. So we hope we get them to educate us and our readers in it and, and write articles for us. But uh, there is one good story I'd like to tell. It's getting a little old now because I think it was a while back, but um, when I was at Expo and overheard two guys standing beside a big piece of iron and chatting. And I understood what their conversation was about was, and I don't remember if they, I think they were both dealers, both uh, corporate members. And they're talking about the price of steel, imported steel from China at the time had gone through the roof. And they were saying, you know, they weren't able to eat it anymore. The, the increase, they were going to have to start passing it on to the customers. So I think we went back and did some research on that and contacted some uh, business corporate members as well as uh, tree care members and talked to them about the potential impacts of the high cost of steel. And it, it turned out it wasn't just chippers or big iron, but it was all, it was all kinds of products it was affecting and, cost, and, and causing price hikes. So those are the kind of trends or things I like to try to pick up at whether it be Expo and, and any other opportunities I get to mix with, with our readership. 
and uh, find out what's going on out in the field. So forgive me for not knowing how the the print process works. I'm more of a, a, a digital native myself. So if I was interested in writing for the magazine or working with you, I would just find you at Expo and tell you, hey, I got a great idea. What is the what is the vetting process on our side look like when you're deciding on topics? Pretty much, I'll take any ideas and 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 take give strong consideration to any ideas. And if someone wants to just write something up and send it to me, or call me or, th- or email me about an idea, yeah, my name and my you know my name and email are right in the front of the magazine. They can tra- track me out at the booth at Expo. They can tell go t- talk to any of the staff at Expo and give a message and tell them, tell me where to track them down. Uh, probably can be found on the app, and you might know that better than I, Joe. But I can probably be tracked down through the app. I'm guessing we can probably find you almost anywhere, Don. I don't think you can hide anymore. <laughs> so I think we covered a lot of the questions I had about Expo in the magazine. And I just want to know, do you have any other thing that you'd like to say, whether it be about Expo or TCA magazine or both? Well, I don't know. I, I think it's a great, it, it's, it's a great opportunity. Unfortunately, we're so, you know, staff, we're so busy when we're there that we're, we're, we take any time we can to chat with people, but we, you know, we're, we're usually running from one event or one task to another. And even after hours, it's, it, but after hours, it's nice to be able to, whether it be out to dinner or, uh, or somewhere else do, do, doing an activity in the area or something or, or out, out of any of the local establishments. Um, to chat with the to chat with members and and other staff, it's one of the great best times we have for getting together as staff and uh, sharing the experience. I guess. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Samson Rope. Your climbing ropes aren't just tools of the trade; your life literally depends on them. Specifically designed to endure any environment you throw at them, Samson Climbing Lines not only meet the rigors of your job, but are engineered to keep you safe. The result of a legacy of over 140 years of innovation. Hyperclimb is a new 100% polyester 11.7 millimeter double braid climbing line, engineered for both moving and stationary rope systems that run well with your hardware and Prusix. Hyperclimb's low elongation is key for long ascents and dual-purpose climbing. Hyperclimb from Samson, the strongest name in rope. Visit samsonrope.com for more information.